This is JFM Podcast. A good morning to you and thank you for joining us this morning on your favorite morning radio current affairs program, Let's Talk. And uh, today is the 2nd of November 2020. It's a brand new week and it is a brand new month. And I'm excited to be here as usual. My name is Zoe Machunga, I'm your uncle. And uh, over the past week, uh, the talk on social media regulation has come up again and again in conversations. And these conversations revolve around regulating the social media. Uh, it has become a subject of debate in many quarters. And uh, the Minister of Information and Culture, Lai Mohammed, has at the National Assembly, he has called on lawmakers to be aware of the danger of an unbridled social media. Uh, the last time in the 8th National Assembly uh, we also saw the Senator Ibn Na'ala. Uh, he sponsored the bill seeking to regulate the social media over the fear that social media will cause disunity in the country. But that's, uh, that got a lot of criticisms as well from many Nigerians. Now what does the future hold for the social media in Nigeria? And still in other news what we'll be looking at this morning, trending news stories from the weekend till now, the conversation still revolving the end SARS protest, uh, which was followed by looting of government warehouses by mobs in search of COVID-19 palliatives. And sadly, businesses, both private and public, were affected. The violence seems to have subsided. Uh, with new information available, the military has backtracked on its earlier statement. Uh, so also the Lagos state government not only admitting that the military uh, fired at peaceful protesters, but also giving a figure of two deaths. The president, having failed earlier to mention the Lekki tollgate issue, uh, has now issued a statement. And uh, this morning, we will be looking at a plethora of issues developing in the aftermath of the NSAS protest. Now, for the purpose of history, it is always good to find out whatever went wrong, how it can be corrected, and where do the fingers point to, how can it be prevented from recurring. And uh, this morning, I want to say once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's the first Monday of the second day of the month of November. It's a brand new month. And for peace and justice, uh, this morning we have uh, in our studio, we have Mr. Santos Larab. Thank you so much for for joining us, Mr. Santos Larab. Uh, you are a researcher uh, and a cultural negotiator at the University of Joshua, also a teacher. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Zoe. Good morning. Good morning to you indeed. Now, um, we want to say, let's start with this. Uh, like people, uh, we have seen uh, where people were killed uh, with the news that is unfolding now in our eyes. The Lagos State government uh, admitting to inviting the military uh, that, uh, you know, these were not the initial positions uh, by these two parties, the Lagos State government, the military. And now we're hearing them retract their statements and saying otherwise. Uh, what is your reaction to this this Monday morning? You know, most of the time, good morning once more, and thanks for inviting me. Uh, of course, when they tell you that the chickens have come home to roost, then you begin to think uh, as it is. When people agree to something, and then their comments now are also moving in a disjointed form, you then know that there is a lot 
to be known by Nigerians about the Lekki incident, which also is one of the first measure of the aftermath in terms of the reactions of the people. So I think that uh, what we're seeing now, it will be too early for us to begin to comment on that. Let's see how they solve their own problems first. That's the military and the Lagos state government. The military is saying the Lagos state government invited them. The Lagos state government is also saying that their hands are off in terms of they did not know uh, as in terms of what the military went to do there and then also the shooting in itself, which is now also a point of reference globally, not even within Nigeria. So I think that it will be too early now to comment on that. But again, it should also bring the attention of Nigerians to the kind of system and then how institutions behave in terms of what you call a civil rule. That even within a civil rule, the military is supposed to respect civilians because it is from the civil rule that it leads us to what we claim we have, which is a democracy. But sincerely, it's quite an unfortunate thing that today we see Nigerians is not the life of one person, but also lives of people. Till now, as we speak, nobody knows the real numbers to it. Mm-hmm. You would hear in some quarters, people are talking about nothing less than 50. In other quarters, people are talking about 12. The state governor who had said that nobody was killed, now talk about two. And then the military is also saying that nobody was shot and the rest. So for me, I think that it should bring the attention of Nigerians closely to what is happening to us as citizens. And then we should also ask the question, are we citizens, are we beneficiaries of a system or we're the benefactors of the system? But again, the answers to that is quite simple. If we're citizens, we should be treated as citizens. And the clear example is what just happened in Niger when you find out that a 27-year-old person was abducted and the whole of the American state almost stood still for that person to be rescued. And you can also see what has happened within Nigeria. It just seems as if it's flies that are killed, not human beings. You and I have the same life with those who have been killed. And as much as we also extend the sympathy in terms of the condolence to those families, we also feel that, of course, responsibility must be taken by those who would be held responsible for these actions. Mm. All right. Still talking about these actions. We saw whole streets looted. Uh, we saw shops destroyed. I mean, it's unimaginable uh, looting and carnage. And, you know, how would you describe these looters? And, you know, who are the perpetrators? Who could perpetrate these acts? Uh, many are saying that we have uh, the out-of-school children, the unemployed youths, those who are disgruntled in the society and all of that. But let's also look at this. Uh, just lately, it was the um, African Youth Day and uh, we also had as usual uh, a lot of our big men, our politicians come out to lend their voice concerning uh, this occasion of the African Youth Day which uh, marks the beginning of the African Youth Month as well and the Nigerian uh, as we see um, uh, from the theme, youth voices, actions, engagement building a better Africa Uh, there is no doubt that youths across the continent have finally awoken to issues that concern them the most. And uh, talking about the African youth, talking about the Nigerian youth, and uh, looking at the situation uh, that we have at the moment, what would you say? Well, the government is bringing out uh, its own solution. So many youth initiative programs are springing up. And um, we have seen as well that the NSAS protests really 
concerns the youths. What is the way forward now concerning the youths, being that they are still at home, they are still idle, we know what an idle mind can do? Yeah, thank you very much, Zoe, for asking this question. Again, I want you to give me a few minutes to explain this in detail before we begin to go to. When someone says looters, who qualifies people as looters? We tend to forget that reactions are a product of actions or inactions. And we fail to analyze the actions of those who have been given the mandate to be in government. And at the end of the day, when they fail to act at the appropriate time and people react, we take our minds to issues of emotions and sentiments. The second question is, who created these boys they call looters? At what point were they created? And by what class of people? And I tell you that when politicians begin their game, who do they look for to help them rig elections? The same set, these are also Nigerians. And when you talked about the issues of out of school and the rest, and the same governments from the, head, from the federal level right down to the local government, you find out that the different levels of government would tell you that they believe in the SDG goals. When you ask them, how many of them do understand the key points of the SDG goals? When you're talking about 17 goals that should be achieved between now, it was the same way we missed out the MDGs. It was the same way we missed out the Millennium Goals. And you find out that SDG 1 talks about poverty. What would push someone? Hunger. SDG 2 talks about hunger. What would push someone into issues of conflict, into issues of stealing, into issues of as much as there's no justification? But again, you find out that the minds are not structured the same. There are those who can go out fight. There are those who can go out look for. There are those who in this country of ours are people who don't mind the kind of job they do to earn a living. And when you push these people out, SDG 1, 2, and 4, which talks about quality education, whose responsibility is it? Those who are holding the space of leadership. Again, the same system forgets that they use these same boys to serve as laborers to pack up these things, to offload them. So the same boys know the locations of these warehouses. And you also forget the trickle-down effect, which is a global thing. And it's happening everywhere. Where you find out that because of the COVID-19, and people need to also understand the difference between an outbreak and a pandemic, or an epidemic, an endemic, in that level. An endemic, a pandemic can be controlled if it is managed well. It is an outbreak you cannot control because it comes on you. But again, the same thing that other countries have been able to manage is the same thing our own so-called leaders have been able to mismanage. And at the end of the day, the reaction of people, and then the question again that we will ask is that in the real sense and the objective nature of what you call the analysis of what happened post, you were not the one who told them where the warehouses were and how many bags were there and what and what were there. And the same people who also tell you that, no, they were brought on the 16th, they were going to be shared on the 20th. When was it that the streets got agog? By the young ones from the 20th, before them, they were on the streets. The lecky was on the 20th. And the post-reaction of what happened in lecky and the issues of what they call, quote-unquote, looting. But then we ask ourselves, do we have political looters and people's looters?
those you see on the streets as now they are called looters. We must be able to manage this. This takes me to the second part of your question, which is, what is the way forward? The way forward for these young ones that you've apprehended, and I gave it this way. There was a news, I don't know if it's true or so, that a truck was caught with COVID materials because they were leveled. I'm not sure if that, but I heard the news on that. But even if it wasn't, that story in itself shouldn't be to look for the little thieves. If you don't have a sit-down buyer, as they call it possibly in Hausa, you will find out that completely you look for the big thief. Who can buy these things of these people that went through? Then you can now read their intentions of the fact that they didn't go there because they were hungry. They went there because they wanted to steal and sell. For most of us who are on the streets and we get into nooks and crannies, you needed to see the milling areas in all areas of Joss, maize and the rest that were milled for. That also takes you to the intention of those who also were part of it. Then you ask the question, would you call aged women, who some of them were stampeded on, who we also had died because of this, what pushed them? They normally say, an angry man, a hungry man is an angry man, and in his anger he does things without thinking. Then you also move on to where you now call the issues of who were those who were given the responsibility that are in government to share these things. I can tell you that for most of the private sector, they give their own palliatives since April. For those you call the COVID, the COVID, that's the private sector under Dangote, I am very sure that no state got her own anything later than June. And if you were talking of June, at what point did the young people begin to protest? We tend to forget generations, that you have a generation of boomers. I am not a generation X guy, neither am I a generation Z guy. The Gensas, they are the people who now, you talk, they are the millennials, you have the millennials, you have the generation X, you also have the Gensas, as you call them, generation Z. So if in your generation, like Franz Fanon once said, every generation defines for itself. And as a person, for those young persons who were on the streets peacefully, I had no problem with their agitations as a person. But again, we couldn't have gone out to take care, take their spaces because they feel the pain and the way they feel the pain and the way they would handle their own pain is different from the way I will handle mine and my own generation. But you see, the truth about it is that for these young persons who the state government claim they have caught, the 307, as I heard and I read, you're taking them through what? A court system. And in that court system, are you also thinking of the criminal justice system and also the correctional facility, whether it can accommodate them or not? What are you supposed to do? Call them. It's a psychological thing. We have psychologists trained. We have sociologists trained. We also have people who would be able to also take the psyche of these people and then redefine it and restructure it. But again, you're going after the things that don't matter. When you talk about issues of saying that there are programs that have been generated, has there been any speech of Mr. President that he has not talked about trader money, farmer money? Nobody is asking those people who shared that money how they shared it, what data they used. If 
That's if we have a database. Nigeria doesn't have a database. The same thing nobody is asking Sadia, who claims to be the Minister of Humanitarian Affairs, how she shared the trillion, the billions and the trillions that she claims she shared under the COVID. But the truth is that Nigerians don't look at those that were supposed to challenge. We look at the poor. We look at the downtrodden and we push the blame game on them and we try as much as possible to turn them into misfits when the people who created the misfitted situations are the ones who are sitting down somewhere using virus mm. to steal from our collective good. So my take on this in terms of solution is that in the context of every state, Rivers had her own method. Or your her own method. We should also learn and see the ones that are applicable in the context of our own state called Plateau for the young ones who have been on the streets. And then there are very many of them who would be willing to even support the government if they are treated fairly and completely. But the fact is that you don't just sit down and then because, okay, no, the young ones have talked about five. Have they addressed the most important, which is bad governance? They have not. They are not even looking at that. Is it only about police brutality or about the security architecture brutality? Is it only the police that are brutal? No. Have we not seen military brutality? A student, when I used to teach in the university, I think his name is Josiah Orindi, Orindi also, was shot. Shot by who? Have they punished those who shot that boy? Mm. They left the parents. You know, talking in about pain, yeah. talking about Rinji. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's this, his name. Yeah. The, yes, Rinji. And talking about Rinji and our own uh, governor being that we're all part of the Northern uh, Governors Forum, and him saying that uh, I mean that means we're all lumped on, under the states who yeah. are uh, who are pro SARS. And then here we are with Rinji's case. It's not even in a village. It was right here in the capital city that this happened. And even he, I'm not sure he's gotten the justice his family has gotten the justice that they so deserve at this time well i'm um, still taking us back to uh, reactions that have been going on um concerning the aftermath of the nsas um protest do you feel the president missed it the first time what do you think he missed uh, when he did not address the lucky gates issue he missed the, fact the that father of the nation he missed the now. fact that he is a human being and he has only one life the point he was supposed to have done what he was supposed to have started with was to appreciate the young ones because they are his children, grandchildren. The second point was to also commiserate with those who lost their lives because no one can claim that they were all people who they call, quote-unquote, misfits. Because as of that night, the persons who were at Lekki and were speaking on behalf of those other ones, even from the screen, the tube, as we call it, you could see some kind of reasonability in them. The third part was that avoiding the main issues was also a dysfunctionality of a mind of a leader who is supposed to be a servant to the people. He didn't vote for himself alone. People voted for him. Even if he didn't win, possibly if he was taken to a court, a system was respected, which was a judicial system. And then he was given that right. So whether you win or not, and the people accept that you're their leader, you must show them respect. And like I gave the example of the American government, can you hold an American citizen anywhere and the American government would not rise? 
to make sure they spend to the last cobo to release their citizen. We saw that happen when exactly. they came in to get uh, their, their, their citizen who was kidnapped and in Niger. through our porous borders made it into northern Nigeria. Exactly. And now the question of legality, how they came in and all of that is arising. But I mean, they showed you how important one, Correct. one of their citizen is. And I mean, we have seen Nigerians lose. I mean, talking, this takes us right back to uh, trying to, would say, regulate the social media. But let's just hold on before we that we delve into that yeah. now where do the where should the fingers point at this time and how can it be prevented when it comes to the rules of engagement uh the president in collaboration with the national assembly they say can be can only be the ones to deploy the military in the circumstances that we saw uh, you see it also goes back to the constitution and then to the title you call the president commander in chief of the armed forces. And once you talk about the armed forces, you're basically talking about military on ground, which is the army. You're also talking about military air, which is the air force. You're also talking about military sea, which is the navy. And you find out that the training that each person you see wearing a uniform, he is not wearing a cloth, he's wearing Nigeria as a military officer, as an army, air force, the others are seen as paramilitary. They are saddled with the issues of internal security. And once you saddle people with a responsibility and they fail to take that responsibility, as a commander-in-chief, what is your job? You sack that person and then he faces the law for the death of one person. But again, you find out that when you politicize appointments, when you sentimentalize appointments in a country where you can say that it is a mix of a people, as in the melting pot, Nigeria is also a case study. It's virtually a jollof rice. Every ethnic group, even if you have one person speaking a dialect, that person, if he's a Nigerian, caught within the borders of what you call the geographical borders of Nigeria, he must be given the same respect with those that people call a majority, quote-unquote. Because I always argue and tell people, what are you looking at, numbers or quality? Because a person of quality is the same thing with a people of majority without quality. So for me, I think that as it is, people must be held responsible. If you start with what the engagements, the rule of engagements for the military is that you don't shoot, except in war times, and you don't shoot someone who is unarmed, and that's how you get to know that you have prisoners of war, and they call them globally POWs. And once you attack a particular person or people, in a group, that in itself goes to what the global wall is also looking at, what you call the uh, using weapons on people, there's a name they call it. So you find out that for God's sake, that 81 battalion in Lagos, who is the commandant there? Who is the one in charge? He must be held responsible. Who mobilized the boys? If you say that you only listen to the president, why did you listen to the governor of Lagos? And now it's a trade game of blames. Mm. The governor said this, the governor. So you see that there is what you call the dereliction of duty and then the abdication of responsibility and listening to who you are supposed to listen to. Was it the president that gave you the order through the chief of army staff, through the commandant or Lagos state governor who will tell you that we don't have control of police? Mm. And then you also see where you also need to give commendation to. Yes, sincerely, whether we like it or not, to the police. In terms of even handling the processes of the young ones, mm. if for 12 days, nothing unlike the police, until... exactly, mm. nothing happened until the lockdown at Lekki, the young boys there, young persons there, respected the law. 
of the curfew. And the question they asked, if you say curfew is four, and we're here by three o'clock, 2 a.m. when you declare the curfew, how can I get to my house before 4? No so, in Lagos, the gridlock, the exactly, traffic, and all, exactly. all that comes So there was no analysis of what they were saying, and people didn't look at the truth in it. We're just trying to please those in government, and we're forgetting that this whole thing is tenural. The same persons in government can be any one of us. But the truth about it is that if you cannot look at power and tell power the truth, then whether you're a Christian or Muslim, you have missed the point of standing for the truth. It is better to die for the truth than to live a lie all your life. Hmm. All right, let's look at other issues now. Many field investigation is taking too long, even with the CCTV as evidence initially. It was outright denial, subsequent admittance to some parts. Uh, the governor was confronted on an international platform before uh, we were able to get something out of him. Now, do you see the government investigating its own actions? They cannot. It starts even with what you call the panel of inquiry. Even in structuring it, if you're accusing police for their brutality, is there a policeman serving on that panel? I don't think so. Look at the composition of the panel. When you have those who respect the governor or respect systems, will they stand for the poor? I don't think so. Civil society, who is representing civil society? Was it civil society that nominated the person to represent them on that panel? I don't think so. The same thing with the young ones who were on the streets. Were the ones who nominated their own representative? No, it was the government who appointed the person who is standing in for the youth. The question is that, is that person a youth? Hmm. And I quickly run them down. Who do you call a youth? Internationally, 25 years maximum. In terms of the African charter, 35 max, you end up issues of youth. So once you're 36, you're not a youth. You can only be an advocate and a sympathizer of the young ones. The Nigerian NYSC stops the youth at 30. That's why you also see the National Youth Service Corps. But if a person who is sitting to represent the youth is above 50, for God's sake. Can he even connect? As he doesn't, he cannot connect with them. Generation X, Generation yes. Y. I don't even know if these people in governance are aware of this generation. They don't. How they behave, the characteristics that come with these generations. The best way to, 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 to communicate with these generations. I mean, we're talking about social media regulation. Correct. We know that the NSAS protest is very much on social media. That is, that is where it was more or less hatched. So how do you begin to do that? Because that is the means of communication now for these young ones as we're talking about the youths. So you see, before I just touch on this that you just mentioned, you need to respect the spaces. If you say I'm a thief and you're going to investigate me, of course you must get someone within the context of where I operate as a thief to be part of the panel so that at least the fairity of this justice that we're talking about starts from the panel. How can you put someone who is in government? I mean, we can't even get the minister of youth to come in because he's not exactly yes, youth. Yes, he's not youth. We, most commissioners of youth are not exactly youth. They youths. are not youth. So, I mean, what are we talking about? It's not like me sitting here and telling you I'm a youth. I'm not. Misrepresented. I'm not a youth. Mm. But I'm a strong sympathizer of the youth. Now, talking about sympathy, sorry to cut you short. Yeah. Uh, following the constitution and inauguration of a judicial panel on police brutality and other related yeah. extrajudicial killings on the plateau, the Nigerian bar. 
Association, NBA Just Branch, is offering a pro bono free legal service to all members of the public who are victims of the dissolved special anti-robbery squad and other police units. Tomorrow we'll talk all about this. The NBA chairman would have joined me this morning, uh, only that he's on his way to Joss at the moment. And so uh, we leave it there. Let's move on still with more issues. Yeah, but just quickly, just quickly. You know, when we were talking about this injury of a boy, the NBA must be given a part on the back, under the leadership and the just branch of Yakubu Bawa. Mm. He led a protest and also joined for justice for this young man. The same thing what you read, I would have also brought it up, but it's good that you also brought it up. They are providing pro bono to every family. And the pro bono thing is that it's free in the legal registers. What it means is that it's free. Just approach them. They would come, stand in for you, and also make a defense and a case on your behalf. That's to show you how institutions are relevant and are responsible. They don't want to know where you come from. All they want to know is that you're coming here to also seek justice for yourself. I always tell people, listen to Peter Tosh, when you talk about rights, peace can never exist without equal rights and justice. justice. It's a combination. When you sum it up, equal rights plus justice gives you peace. When you evade one of it, you are sure that you're not going to get peace. And what is the other side of lack of peace? Is the insecurity, is the conflict that we're talking about. So here, you again see that people are rising up to responsibilities. When you talked about the issues of regulation, the generation X and Z cannot be controlled outside the social media platform. You can't. And if government thinks they can regulate it, what it means is that they should first start with building prisons to lock up these young ones. And then bring a system where you can trace these people. But it only applies when their sons and daughters insult people on social media platforms. It is not against the rule. Was it not Zara, when was it, that was talking on her dad and trying to blame other people that it wasn't the fault of her dad, President Buhari? Is he her dad alone or he is the president of a country and he's the father of all? When he came initially and said that he knows nobody, he will do nobody, he's not for somebody, he's not... You can imagine the betrayal of your words. That also takes you into tax with your integrity. Say and do. When you say X, do X. And that is also the mark of leadership. Indeed it is. And uh, we are looking at the, after, at the aftermath of uh, the NSAS protests. We're also looking at the regulation. It's been re rearing its head many times of social media uh, use at this time. Now, uh, are you worried about the dangers of uh, fake news, Mr. Santos? Yes, I am. But again, the issues of fake news is also a caution to people. You can also raise, because even of recent, I heard that there was a news flying about uh, the abduction of um, a reverend. And then, as of yesterday, again, it was also thrown that he was released, and then as of yesterday, a different story. That, in itself, you see fake news. For such persons who did that, do we even have the competence? It is the job of NCC. NCC is the regulator. NCC would trickle down and hold the providers. If the person who did that should go to prison, that's fake news. Because you're talking about the life of a person, and then people are spreading out what is not right. If you're there, you find out that it's different. 
And for you to spread the news that he was released means that you also have contacts with those who abducted him. So if you don't have contacts with those who abducted him, the responsibility is for you to prove that you're innocent. And at that point, once you use one person, that will bring people to order. There is no need spreading false information because you want to impress people. And that's the danger of it. Because you can be in your bed, in your blanket, and then be just sending anything. And that's why I always tell people, and not only me as a person, but I have seen it, that others have also pictured it in terms of slides as to what you should spread. Open it, read it, verify it, not keep forwarding. Other people will not even look at it. All right, let's open the phone lines now and let's get to test the pulse of the people. Social media regulation, the Lecky Gate issue, uh, the African Youth Day. What is your take on all of these issues? Is there a need to regulate social media in our political and democratic sojourn? Uh, so many are saying that unless the country takes a very serious step, uh, this may lead uh, to more serious problems. But let's take a look at our statistics now when it comes to uh, social media usage at this time, uh, we can see that with Facebook, 55.13% of Nigerians use it. With Twitter, 22.01% of Nigerians. With Printest, 11.03%. Instagram, 6.89%. YouTube, 4.4%. And LinkedIn, 0.23%. So Facebook generally uh, is the most used uh, social media as it turns out. Even here uh, in our studios, we can see that uh, when with all the platforms that we have, we can see which one is even most active. So let's hear from you this morning. 90 in four places, 99 and 90 Hello and good morning. Good morning, Zoe. Thank you for joining us, Madam Queen. Yes, Madam Queen. Go ahead. Yes, good morning to your guests in the studio. Good morning. I, I really appreciate you, sir, because Thank you. this is what we need to hear that you are telling us. You see, the greatest fear of the government now is the social media. Because the truth that they have been hiding from the people has been revealed by the social media. And that is why the very big enemy of the government now. How can only the government be the one that is saying the truth? When every other person is giving reports, the government wants us to believe the report that they are giving us. We cannot take that report of the government. And I want to ask the youth. The youth should not be threatened. They should not be afraid because the future of this nation lies in their hands. So they should carry on diligent protest without any violence. Because the government should learn their lessons and they have refused to learn. Because what you see that is happening today is to admit to the government that the people are not, are not satisfied with the way they govern the nation. And we want a better government. That is what the people are saying. We have to get this message loud and clear. This is a very big sign that they have given them. They say that they fly that the people listen. So they keep to the warning. We definitely enter the grave with the dead body. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Thank indeed. You. Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning. My name is Haji Slim calling from Abatua. Go ahead, Haji Slim. Thank you. You see, we have lost confidence on this very government. Since the 80s, since you understand independent, you understand. In the sense that we are just coming on, coming on every day to be giving us space to The governor would expect him as our father. 
you can persecute people who wait to live. I can be. So what about those guys that destroy our business place in Tanzania? Born places, those stuff. Who are they? Up to now, they have not arrested anyone who persecute. So you see, the problem now in Tanzania is that you do something to save some people because you are achieving, you are getting from there, and the other is that you just persecute them. Three months or ten thousand naira is just fair. Seriously, it's not good. Thank you so much, Sadiq. We appreciate you this morning. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Santos. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the comrade speaking from Bot Road here. I wake up, sir. God bless you. I still want to use this last one to remind the government. Please, can we know your name and where you are reaching us from? I say, great comrade, then I speaking from Bot Road. All right, go ahead, please. I still use this now because very, very important. Agreement is agreement. And these boys are not willing to resort to their demand they are made. Three months from now, their deadline. Look about this one the SARS, constituting a issue of inquiry by all states. We look into the victory and award them and compensate them. As we speak now, not every Nigeria knows what is happening. When you don't go and say they are injured, nobody will recognize you. So I need an aggressive policy. Government should come for you. I'm telling Nigeria, go, 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 and give me where they can go. Because listening must be taken to logical conclusion. Well, Dr. Santos, you have told all the issue of this. I want to ask a question. The issue is that if you look at Natasha, what is the other? You say, Competition use some as member in the election. And if you look at the police act, you find that police is not in concurrent in exclusive. What I'm saying is that is it proper for the federal government to have quasi power the state government to do when you know that even so this what okay who consulted the the the, the hoodlum? If you disprove you that custody, it's mostly from government. However, I don't know what you are going to do. What I'm saying is that we should make sure that we, 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 we may demand of these boys so that when they, it will not be a game of when they come back. Good morning indeed and God bless you too. All right, let's leave it there. Still looking at uh, social media regulation at this time. Is there a need to regulate social media in our political and democratic sojourn? Uh, many are saying that it will cause uh, big problems that is a keg of gunpowder. Now, statistics shows that the number of network users in Nigeria from 2017 to 2025. In 2017, there were approximately 24.59 million social network users in Nigeria and this figure is projected to grow to 44.63 million users in 2025. That is a huge number. What do you make of that? Is there a need to regulate social media in our political and democratic surgeon, uh, Mr. Santos? What you should look at is the time frame there. We're almost about 2021. We're in 2020. In five years time, We'll it's almost a hundred percent and you're also looking at a figure that has also removed other platforms like TikTok, other platforms like WhatsApp and others. And then you're also looking at the fact that these young ones have better hands on it than all of us that are the boomers right up to. This just takes me to how, how, yeah. how, how adaptable are our leaders? They're not. 
Because I see they use a traditional media more than any other. I mean, everybody's going digital. Yeah, but even in the so use... So it's almost it, like a war now against traditional media and, you know, current or, or, or more... But again, media. like I tell people, I am not against issues of trans, transi- uh, traditional platforms. But I am all for issues of transformation. Because as it is, the time when traditional media... We used to use drums in the villages. We never saw that. Those who serve as our grandparents never got angry that we came to use the tube. We know the value of the tube, even in terms of politics. JF Kennedy, late, was the one who also first used the tube and then popularized himself. So why are you getting, instead of upping your game, to also meet up? Tell me how many of them are the ones who man their platforms from Mr. President, their social media SA, to the governor (laughs) that mans it. When you see someone answering someone's phone, you know that that person has lost it. When you see a governor who doesn't know how to use, even if it means, if it's Twitter, all is just short, you can also respond. Also throw your thoughts. At least Donald Trump knows how to tweet. Exactly. The tweeting president. If Donald Trump at 74 Mm. can tweet and uses it to balance his thoughts and not getting carried away by... The controlled media, because it's controlled by the private sector. Mm. And even they had a way to regulate him exactly. as he was tweeting so exactly. much. But they regulate him. They are not afraid that he's president of the greatest nation on the globe. They regulate him because he's serving as a servant, not only to Americans, but any decision he takes can trigger, trigger a lot of things globally. So everybody also warns him. What is wrong in people telling you what you're doing, Santos, is not right? Nothing. The only thing is that would be wrong is my arrogance not to accept corrections as a person. So I think that they should also get themselves trained by these young ones in how they should use because they, the young ones would not have their own kind of thinking and their thinking can now guide society because it's a value of trust. And I think that should be the main challenge. In terms of regulating, like I said earlier on, everywhere in the world you go to, there's a kind of regulation. But you don't hold the people, you hold the handlers of the platform. Just as of last year, if I'm not mistaken, the close of last year, the Senate in the US and the Congress called Zuckerberg. The same thing with antitrust laws against Bill Gates that even made Bill Gates, and the antitrust is also rising now because Bill Gates is being held that he's not allowing others to, he has a control of that monopoly of it. Even all the social media were also investigated lately. So you hold those who have the social medium and they can block whatsoever you are sending because they pay people to do quality control mm. and then what should go out from right. the public. Let's, let's, let's get now to the history of this. We remember, I think about 2016 or so in the uh, Nigerian Senate, uh, withdrew the frivolous petition sponsored by Senator Bala Ibn Na'allah and the withdrawal followed the submission of a report by Senate Committee on Human Rights and Legal Matters to the Upper Chamber and uh, the David Umar uh, who submitted uh, the report during the plenary then said if passed the provision of the bill will conflict with some already available laws. Now let's hear what uh, Senator Ibn Na'Allah still had to say just recently concerning social media regulation. I remember, you know, granting you an interview on this uh, issue uh, when we were in the SNED and I gave you assurance that Nigerians will come back and look for this bill uh, 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 because I know that what was reasonably foreseeable at that time is that we will get to where we are today. And, and I felt that as leaders, we should be able to have some form of regulation 
that will delay us reaching here until certain things are put in place that will make uh, 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 available certain informations as an alternative to social media so that the confusion that it will create can at least be reduced by more than half. But people didn't see it that way, including the government uh, uh, went against it. Today, we are where we are. It's not that I'm happy that I have been vindicated, but my sadness arises from the fact that we cannot bring back the life and the properties of those who have lost this, uh, 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 their, their lives and properties as a result of misuse of social media. This was preventable, and uh, it was foreseeable, and therefore leadership ought to have come uh, to prevent that. You know, the, 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 the majority will always have a right to exist at the instance of minority. That is what life is all about. But today we are where we are, and it's unfortunate we are where we are, and uh, the, the task for use of social media has grown seriously. That uh, is going to be a bit difficult to uh, try to regulate uh, social media at this time uh, of our political history. Well, <laughs> this question is, uh, is a catch-22 situation. The issue is, if I have the power to do something about social media now, what will I do? That is the question. And I will tell you reasonably that it's going to be a bit difficult. You see, once people get used to something and, 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 and you want to take it away from them, it becomes more difficult. It is easier when they have not gotten deep into it and you try to say, yeah, hey, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this, you can do that. Thank you for staying with us. The program is Let's Talk on J101.9 FM. And this morning, we're looking at trending issues from the weekend till now. And you just heard Senator Ibn Na'ala and what he had to say concerning social media regulation. Now, is there a danger? Is there a danger to disunity? Does it pose a security challenge? Uh, what, is, what is the danger of leaving it as it is or reining it in as it is at this time? The first is that for those who do not know Bala Ibn Na'ala, he's been from the House of Reps right to Senate. If as a legislator you know your duty, you cannot even be talking about things like this. And when you talk about the social media, the first question people should ask him was that the so-called bill he brought on board, was it a consultative bill with people from a constituency? Was it thrown around? For other senators, because it was going to affect the whole of Nigeria, for them to also trickle it down to their constituents and ask whether or not they wanted a regulation of it, to what extent that regulation should be. You can't just sit down in your house and then go get a cut and paste in from the bills of other countries. The context will not be the same with Nigeria. And then you come to Senate because you want to please a president and you want to please your party. And then you throw that bill on Nigerians. Why wouldn't Nigerians fight it? Even, as he said, the government to which he thought would support it also fought that. It shows you that completely there was no consultation to it. But thank God, the issues of saying that there is a bill, yes, of course, regulation, to the point, must also be consultative. It starts from somewhere. It's a bottom-up thing. 
And as it gets there, it shouldn't have any conflict like the other Senator Umar said, that there are conflicting things with the Constitution. How do you run the social media? To what extent will it conflict with the Chapter 4 of the Constitution, the fundamental rights, where you have a right to express your opinion, where you have a right to gather for a reason. We are just running a quasi-civil society kind of team. It is virtually dictatorial because majority of the people who are leading us also have a tilting before they got into where they are from coming from the military or coming from traditional institutions and the rest. They are not yet liberated as a people. Not to talk less of them liberating other people. And I tell young ones that your first search is not to be a slave in search of or a slave in his freedom, but a slave who will fight for his freedom. If you're a slave thinking that you're free because you're in a house master's house, you're still a slave. It doesn't change anything. That you're the leader of the slaves doesn't mean that you're free. You're a slave. So the first thing is to coordinate yourself with other slaves and liberate yourself from the masters. And that liberation must not be violent, but must be systematic. And when it gets to a point where, of course, confrontation is confrontation that brings it. When I don't want to agree that, look, you have a right as a human being and everything is in history. Talking about rights, Dr. Santos, yeah. now, the NSAS protests, uh, many say is a means that Nigerians used to vent uh, other underlying issues that they had. Now, how important is it for people to be able to have access to government, to governance, for them to be able to vent? I believe is a lack of um, being heard. I mean, imagine you have children in the house and you listen to some, you don't listen to some, then you notice that some have become belligerent. I mean, many have said, especially with the problem concerning the southeastern part of the country and uh, the issues that come from that place. It's always been, the allusion has always been, if you have children and you don't pay attention to some, you know what happens, they would rebel against you, you would start seeing them getting stubborn. But instead of punishing the child, why not call the child to the table and ask the child what's wrong? That's a consultation, because your child, given to you and your wife, bet from your wife, has a right. Mm. That is under... Your care doesn't mean that you own him. What it means is that your responsibility is to guide that child. And in guiding, it also opens the window for consultation. It is just simple. What is wrong in a government? Having a complaints window on the social media and getting right-thinking persons who can run consultation, mediations, negotiations to be in that unit that anywhere, because the context would not be the same. If people in Bukuru, just south, are complaining about certain things because their leaders have failed to live up to expectation, it cannot be the same with people in just north. The context is different. Then you outline the generic complaints. Then you segregate the specific complaints. That way you're able to now aggregate and then put it to the governor or the minister or the commissioner. You see, one thing with this concentric circle of accessibility, like I call it, and once you talk about concentric circle, it also brings the concentric circle of danger. You and I are elites, all of us, because our parents have been able to send us to school. Others struggle to also go to school. Others, even with the debt as orphans, struggle to still get themselves educated. In relative nature, that concentric circle, you and I are very accessible to the people who are belligerent now. And in that concentric circle, they are protected by the same fathers of those who are down 
and cannot see it, cannot go to school because those they are protecting have destroyed the system and they don't have a heart to reject and to look at them. When you get a policeman that cannot feed his family, they are doing orderly and raising guns to shoot poor people or a military man who is a rank and file, raising guns to shoot when back home. If his wife, his child is sick, he can't take that child to the hospital. He's trying to be a psychophant to the person who is opportune to be positional. And then he goes out to follow his orders to shoot poor people. Mm. He doesn't know where the I bullet will go to. Lately that says, may we um, never be able, may we never be in a position not to speak the truth because our food is in someone's hand. Now this takes But is it in anybody's hands? No. Mm, no. Even the birds of the air and the ants, they don't farm. But they eat to their field and they store their food, store food in their stores. All right. So I see no reason why anybody will say right now. there's no food to now, eat. Now talking about the rule of law in Nigeria at this time, what is your reaction? There's no rule of law and how it's operating. There is no rule of law. There is no rule of law. I say that with all due sense of responsibility. For as long as a country where citizens are, and the rule of law as it applies to me is different as it applies to you, there's no rule of law. Everyone is supposed to be under the law of the country. But when it touches the rich and the positional leaders, you tend to treat them differently. They go into impunity and nobody looks at it and nobody can complain. For instance, I give an example. If you say you're the wife of a governor or a wife of a... Are you supposed to be moving with a convoy? Are you supposed to be flying the private jet of the country? You're not. And the truth about it is that the rule of law applies to everybody. Everybody is under the law. But in Nigeria, most people are under the law. A few people are above the law. How can you judge that there is rule of law? Hmm. All right, let's get to our feedback handle on Facebook. We can't deny the fact that social media is being abused, but in our country, Nigeria, this is the only channel in which the voiceless have a voice. If things are being done the Correct. right way, this present government, no one will care much to say things that are uh, that's, uh, assumed unpleasant. I'm not sure what you're trying to write, but I get it. Tang Wong Steven is saying, good morning. When you're hungry, you go for food. When you're a criminal, you go for anything. So please, I want to ask, what does the governor discuss in the forum have they asked zulum how he does his things correct that is coming from teng wong alex edwin and namani saying i greet you comrade santos indeed until there is a government that fills the polls of people there would there would be agitation for good governance as hunger and anger cannot respect any law mom godfrey saying as it stands now social media is the most viable tool in the hands of ordinary people we must resist its imitation its limitation alexander is saying that more appointments of praise singers as aides by government functionaries will continue to remain a negative factor that would deprive political leaders from knowing exactly the needs of the electorate. And also, uh, Bushak Paul is saying, why is this government so bitter about the use of social media and exposing them? They forget in a hurry, social media plays a very important role in bringing them to power. I advise this, I advise, uh, this to play along and they do needful in order to improve Nigerians. And also, um, Alexander, no, Timas Ade is saying, the issue of lecky shooting and fake news on social media, we the youth should stop spreading fake news because it kills us as a country. The governor of Lagos should be held responsible. And the 81 uh, commander of the brigade, Dimlas Bala, is saying this, if the media is regulated, I don't think it will achieve her aim of fake news, but rather it will end silencing the voice and opinion of citizens is our right to voice and criticize what is not good. Now let's leave it there. Your last word, looking at 2023, the end SARS, will it alter the equation? It will. It has already started altering the equation. People should have asked, what was the rush? 
even in the shift of the elections declared by INEC. INEC who controls INEC. If that election had held, with all due respect to those who died, but not everywhere, Bayelsa had two senatorial seats. So INEC would have also disaggregated their claim of, yes, because of conflict, yes, Plateau would have been exempted, Lagos possibly, areas where you had such kind. But for Bayelsa, where they were supposed to have run elections on the 31st. So already it has started altering it. And you need to also be on the streets and hear what people are saying. And for those who also have hands-on, you also need to follow the social media and hear what people are saying. But again, the advice, like you said, my last word, is simple. That again, outside the issues of NSAS, hash, it was a mobilization tool. It should also be taken beyond the brutality of police to the brutality of the military and the security architecture in this country. We're not slaves. Neither are we tools in anybody's hands. All right. Hold this on. Is where we live. And, and I say, please get your PVC. That's your most viable tool in order to change the alternates of 2023. I might be alive. I might not be. But that is your weapon of peaceful protests and change it for real. Thank you so much, Dr. Santos Larab, for sharing your expertise with us this morning. You're a teacher, a researcher, and cultural negotiator at the University of Georgia. No, no, I used to be in the university. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're no more I need, at the Yeah, I don't, you're I don't claim. I'm still just a researcher, and I work for myself. All right. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing your expertise with us this morning. We appreciate thank your you so time. Much. Keep listening to J101.9 FM. The Morning J has come to a close. News top of the hour reaches you, and after that, the Midday Show with Ogi Digbo. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.